visiting with us this morning. Uh, we would love to, wow, I can hear myself. Can you hear me now? We would love to have a chance to greet you and uh, say how glad we are that you are with us. If you'd be willing to fill out a Connect card in the seat back in front of you and turn that in at our Welcome Center, uh, it's just one way that we can get to know you better. And we have a small gift to give you, just a token of our gratitude for you coming out to be with us in worship this morning. And we would love to be able to uh, also meet you in the lobby after the service is over. We hope that you feel at home with us this Christmas. As we've been examining in our series, Home for the Holidays, the idea of what home means in the Bible, we are recognizing that home is so much more than just the place that we live. Home is a place of belonging. It's a, a place of identity. It's a place of comfort and rest. And the amazing story of Christmas and the larger story of the Bible is that God has made a way for us to find all of these things in him. When Jesus was born into the world, not only did God come to make his home among us, but he opened the door for us to find our heart's true home in him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have opened that door for relationship with you. As we come together at Christmas again this season, would you open the door to our hearts to be able to understand in a fresh, in a new way, how deeply you love us, how, how vast your compassion and your mercy is towards us, and, and how powerful your grace is in our lives for healing and restoration and wholeness. Speak to us through your spirit today as we look to your word so that we can celebrate the gift of Jesus again this Christmas. We ask this in his name. Amen. If you think about what happened at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus became the physical presence of God in the world. Jesus became a God that could be seen, God that could be touched, God that could be uh, heard. We, in, in some ways, you could say, Jesus is God with a face. He is somebody that we can get to know. He has a, a personality. He, he has a, a, a home among us. Whenever, wherever he went, Jesus lived out a sense of deep concern and compassion for those around him uh, that people would see and understand that because he was now alive, that a whole new reality was breaking into this world called the kingdom of God. And as Jesus went around and taught and ministered to people, he spent a lot of time in people's homes. In fact, if you read some of the stories, he liked to invite himself over sometimes, right? <laughs> he used to a lot of examples of home life in his teaching, too. Today, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 14, and we're going to look at a few verses in the middle of that chapter. But, but scholars will tell you that this scripture, this chapter 14 in Luke, is a part of a larger story where Jesus is invited over to uh, someone's house for a meal, for a, for a party. Kind of like at Christmas, we invite friends and family over for a feast, and we celebrate the holidays around the table. Uh, and Jesus was invited to the home of a prominent Pharisee who is one of the religious leaders, the teachers of the law. And uh, while he was there, he noticed a man who was suffering from an illness called dropsy, which today we call edema, which is this condition where your body retains fluids and, and it, it kind of fills up with liquid. And it, it's kind of, in that day, was considered a judgment of God on a person. And so people with dropsy or edema were, were kind of looked down upon and they were shunned. And, and there was this guy there and Jesus turns to these religious leaders and he says, so is it okay if I heal this guy? Because today's a 
Sabbath day. And, you know, apparently we're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath, but, but is bringing healing and wholeness to someone's life acceptable to do on, on God's day? And, of course, these religious leaders uh, didn't know what to say, and they were silent. So Jesus turns and, and he heals the man. And so commentators will say that this story that we're going to read is first and foremost about these religious leaders and and whether or not seeing the presence and power of God at work right in front of them in their lives will, will be enough to change their attitudes and to change their perspectives about how to live out this life of religiosity, this spirituality that they teach and that they promote, but are they really understanding what it would look like if they put it into practice? It goes on to say that Jesus also noticed the attitudes and the behavior of the guests at the party as well. It wasn't just the religious leaders, but it was also the guests who had come to the party, how they chose the best seats in the house for themselves. And also, he began to tell a story for them about humility and about the kind of home life That is a true reflection of the kingdom of God. And I'd like to turn there now in Luke chapter 14. We're going to read verses 7 through 14. It says, When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, or to a, a Christmas feast, maybe you could say, Do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place, because all the other seats will have been taken by that point, so you'll have to go to the end of the table, to the back of the line. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus turned and said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner or a Christmas party, do not invite your friends and your brothers and sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so... You will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. See, Jesus sees a whole bunch of people at this party clamoring to get to the the seats of honor, to to get the best seat in the house because they're thinking about their own honor and their their own reputation and what other people are going to think about them. At an ancient meal, the table would often be set in a large U-shape, and and the host or the the person of honor that would sit at the the base of the U, and, and the best seats would be on his left and right, and they would go out from there in order of importance. And so if you were at the end of the U, you were out in, you know, no man's land, you were at the lowest place. So so everybody's trying to get close to the host. They're trying to cozy up and get the best seats. But Jesus says that we need to be careful about pursuing glory and honor and popularity in other people's eyes. Because in the light of who God is, and if we all stand before him, none of us truly stands exalted, do we? I mean, even Jesus didn't exalt himself. I mean, of all the people born into this world who would have a right to to stand up and say, look at me, I I can exalt myself, Jesus would have the right to. But even he demonstrated through his life and his actions 
that he didn't exalt himself. He came to serve others. And because of that, God exalted him. He even went so far as to give his very life as a sacrifice in service to those that God loved. And for he gave his life for us as well. And so what Jesus reveals to us is that if we understand God's kingdom, if we understand the kind of home life that God wants us to create and experience together, God seeks to honor and exalt those who demonstrate his heart and his compassion for people around us. That's the kind of honor and the kind of glory that the Bible says that the children of God will receive in the age to come. God will honor those who humble themselves. He will exalt those who seek to serve others first because that's how his kingdom has come to us. It comes only as a gift. And so we are invited to give away what we have received as a gift as well. But then there's also the question in the story of whom we seek to serve as guests, right? Jesus calls his followers to serve those who cannot repay their kindness. That, that, I mean, let's not skip over that too quickly. Jesus calls his followers to serve those who cannot repay their kindness. That's the heart of true love and the kind of love that God wants us to know he has for you and me. I mean, often our perspective on love is just the opposite, right? We tend to love those who love us back. And if they don't love us back, well, forget them, right? Because, because it's all about exchanging love, right? We, we don't really love people who don't love us back because what's the point? Isn't the point that we, we give our love so that we can get love back? Jesus is saying, no, that, that's not what true love is really all about. In some ways, you could kind of say that's what giving gifts at Christmas has become in some ways, hasn't it? I mean, it's really not giving gifts. It's kind of a gift exchange. Well, I have a gift for you, but, but you have a gift for me, and so we exchange gifts, and we've been repaid. So how is it? Is that really a gift? I had, I had a pastor friend who said that when we give gifts at Christmas, it's not really a gift. It's a, a gift for a gift gift because we expect that we're going to get a gift back, and if we don't get a gift back, well, then maybe you're off our list for next year. Now, don't get me wrong. I am all for exchanging gifts at Christmas. I believe that that's a part of how we learn about the heart of God, of sharing uh, love in community together. But we need to also be careful as we look to the teachings of Jesus to not lose sight of what Jesus is saying here, that the best hospitality is a gift that is truly given without exchange. See, all those invited in the story cannot repay the kindness of the host. But God says that there will be a reward for those who give this kind of generous, sacrificial love to others because they will experience his blessing in their lives. And there will be great honor and glory at the resurrection. But if we're seeking it now, then, then we might get repaid by those who can bring us honor and glory in this life. But, but what we miss is the blessing of God where we have his heart and his love and his character flowing through our lives. See, Jesus commends those who have a heart to reach out to the poor and the needy and the less fortunate because this is a true reflection of what his love is for us. See, true righteousness doesn't look for payback, but it's offered free of charge as a gift out of generosity, just like God in Christ has forgiven us free of charge. That's what grace is, right? It's a free gift. Now, spiritually speaking, 
I think we have to look at a story like this and recognize that I think Jesus wants us to understand that you and I are all the poor and the lame and the crippled and the blind. We are all broken people that God is seeking to put back together. And maybe part of coming home for the holidays for you and for me this Christmas is a recognition that you are in need of God's healing and his mercy in your life this morning. If so, Jesus' invitation is for you to to, to come to the table, to, to join the feast. You don't have to stand far off. You can come and receive the blessing that God has for you of his mercy and his grace in your life this morning. You're invited to come to him to find true rest for your soul. When we see the healing power of God at work in our lives, when we experience God's blessing, how does that impact our attitudes towards others and and, and the kind of life, the kind of home life that God is inviting us to be a part of and to create? Does it impact our treatment of those who suffer in our society, the poor, the lame, and the crippled? Does it impact our idea of what making home looks like for us as a larger human family? See, the closing part of the story that that we won't read, but you can read it on your own this week as as you go about uh, your life and and, uh, spending time with God, talks about how God has planned a banquet feast for all of us and, and that every person is going to be invited, especially those who are typically overlooked by society. Because, see, that's the heart of God's kingdom. God's kingdom has come for everyone. And that's really the glory of Christmas. It's the story of of the king of the universe that made his home in a humble stable. See, when we talk about coming home for the holidays, we also have to remember that there are many who have no home to return to, both literally and figuratively, right? We're invited to participate in creating home for others who are in desperate need of the kinds of things that we talk about home is, belonging, a sense of identity, a place of comfort and rest, a a place where they can feel like they are a part of a place of love and grace for them. There are many people who society overlooks because there is nothing in it for them, right? There's no payback. There's no glory. There's no popularity in reaching out or spending time with those people. Maybe for you or for me, it's right here in church on Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe there's someone who is in desperate need of an experience of home that, that a, a, a simple kind word and reaching out to them in the lobby over coffee on a Sunday morning might be creating home for them right here at Faith Covenant Church. Or maybe it's at your youth group when you gather with your friends and and recognizing that there are some kids who just don't naturally fit into the social groups and and you can be the one who can make youth group home for them by reaching out and making a, a place of hospitality and welcome for those friends. Or maybe it's within your social groups at school or, or in our own community with people who are, are, are longing for home but, but actually don't have one. We have a lot of people who live without homes and are wanting to find a home. Or maybe it's with your own neighbors who live in a house near us but are still searching for their heart's true home. You see, God's heart for us is that we begin to more and more think outwardly in love to the world around us, that we live more and more generously with our time and with our treasure, not because of what's in it for us, but because of what's in it for other people. Because even though we may not be repaid, we become a blessing to others, 
and we experience God's blessing in our lives as we live into the purpose for why God has saved us and he's blessed us so that we can be like him. Central to this story of this great banquet feast at the end of Luke 14 is the idea that Jesus, we realize, is the one who's sending out the invitation. Jesus is the one who has prepared the feast. Jesus is the one who is inviting all people to come and enjoy God's blessing in God's household, to come home for the holidays. See, Jesus invites us to find our heart's true home when we allow him to make his home in us. But sadly, the story tells us that not everyone will respond favorably to the invitation. Some people will be too busy. Some people will have other things to do. Some people think there's other things that are more important. And so they'll say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I think I'll pass. What about you this Christmas? Are you ready to come home for the holidays? If Jesus were to come and invite you to experience a new blessing in your life this Christmas, to open your heart to him in a new way, would you say yes? The feast has been prepared, and all are invited to come. And that's really what communion is all about. We, we take communion together uh, uh, regularly as a reminder of this feast that, that God has prepared for us. And, and we know that one day we will enter into the resurrection life and we will live with God in eternity and enjoy his blessing and his goodness. But even now, God has given us a foretaste of what that will be like because he's given us the gift of his spirit in our lives. He has come to make his home in us. And he's invited us to make our home in him. And so as we come to communion again this morning, I'm going to invite Pastor Dick to join me. I invite you to take time to reflect on this gift that has come for each one of us in the baby Jesus at Christmas, which, which is not just a baby that, that, that lived and died, but it is a baby that lived and died and rose again. And because he is alive, he is with us now, and we can participate in his home, his life, as we come together as his people. On the night when Jesus was...